When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You're listening to the DCAU Review, hosted by Cal and Liam. Streaming on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and at DCAUReview.com. Now, here's today's episode. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the DCAU Review's bonus episode number 15. I am Liam, and with me, as he always is, is Cal. And Cal, we've got a kind of a first-time experience for our listeners here today, although it's not that really unique if you've listened to, like, any other watch-along podcast before. But instead of doing a, a comic book or a top ten list or a retrospective, anything that we've done before, we're doing a little watch-along for a classic DCAU episode just in time for the holidays. Absolutely. Uh, yeah, this is one we've actually covered before on the podcast. Uh, you can hear it all the way back in the archives at DCAUReview.com, episode two, way back there. <laughs> uh, so th- that was quite a while ago, nearly three years ago uh, at this point that we covered that. So uh, obviously, though, this is a, a holiday classic, a tradition that we mentioned on that episode way back then that is something that we like to go back and watch again and again. Um, it's just a tradition, and that, of course, uh, we will... Doing our be doing our watch along today uh, with the Batman the Animated Series classic Christmas with the Joker, uh, which uh, we didn't. I, I don't know. Looking back at it, I don't think we understood or knew the the uh, the weight and some of the lore that uh, the animation studio that this episode <laughs> used would come to be known as, and uh, certainly legendary on our podcast, at least, or infamous, I guess. For sure, for sure. We got quite a bit to talk about. It is a Acom Studios production animation, unfortunately, and uh, yes, this is for Christmas with the Joker. Acom Studios... Uh, back then, we didn't really get into that much detail. We were still kind of finding our feet on the podcast. But looking back on it now, uh, yes, there's. Once we get into the episode, as you will see as you watch along with us, this is a. Uh, it doesn't visually. It that is not this episode's strong suit. Visuals and animation are not this episode's strong suit, to say the least. But there is something to be said about the nostalgia of it all, Liam. I think that we we maybe even brushed on it back on that episode that uh, there's a reason why people watch a Charlie Brown Christmas every year or, you know, Year Without Santa Claus or Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer. Uh, typically, it's not because of the great voice acting that was done at the time or the the uh, animation that's going to blow you away. There's, there's the nostalgia factor, and there's just something about that growing up watching it, and it means something to you so this episode of batman the animated series is certainly no different before though we tackle today's episode we won't be giving a standard scorecard we won't be necessarily breaking down the plot and the animation and all that like we typically do uh since we're doing a running commentary but what's an episode review of the dcau review without the official imdb synopsis for this week's episode liam uh, we we can't go forward without you giving us that synopsis in your best announcer voice. <laughs> of course. 
and this is for the episode Christmas with the Joker, which was written by Eddie Gorodetsky, directed by Kent Butterworth, and that synopsis reads as such. On Christmas Eve, the Joker broadcasts a pirate Christmas special on television. Batman and Robin have until midnight to fight their way past Joker's traps hidden all over town and rescue Commissioner Gordon, Harvey Bullock, and Summer Gleason. So when we did do this original uh, review, we didn't we weren't doing the IMDb synopses yet. So yes. uh, I will say that is one of the longest ones that we've yes. probably had in, in the history of the podcast. Lots of w- words going on here. But uh, Liam, what do you say we jump right into it? Uh, we're going to give our listeners a countdown. You can pull this up whether you're watching. We're uh, Full disclosure, we're going to be watching this uh, while we still can on the DC <laughs> Universe app. Uh, still not clear whether or not you'll be able to watch this in the upcoming months on the DC Universe app or not, uh, but we're going to be watching this on the DC Universe app. So this is the uh, you know the the updated brand HD spanking new looking uh, revision of it. But mm-hmm. I'm sure you can do the same thing by watching it on your DVDs or the Blu-rays or whatever copy you have. Um, but uh, what do you say we pull this bad baby up and uh, get to watching? That's right, Cal. So we are going to give you a countdown. We'll start from five, and when we get to zero, you will press play. So, five, four, three, two, one, zero. All right. Here we go. There's something familiar and just calming about the Batman the Animated Series intro. It is, like, with this HD... Uh, redux that they did with these episodes it is brighter bolder yeah crisper i would say yeah the sky kind of bothers me like it's too like flat bright red in a couple of the shots not again it doesn't look bad uh they did a great job with the with the hd but it is almost like we talk we talk about especially these early episodes being drawn on black paper and you know, how dark, dark some of these early episodes are. And then you have this stark, really bright reds. And that shot of Fat Man against the moon there is really just, it's just very striking. It's just a totally different atmosphere. I yeah, feel you're like. used to, I mean, they clean up, clean it up a lot, but it cleans it up to the point, like you said, where it probably removes a lot of the dirt and stuff that was on there. So mm-hmm. it does make it brighter and bolder. Here we go with uh, classic Batman the Animated Series title card here. We have the Joker's face on Santa in a Santa <laughs> suit there. The uh, yellow eyes uh, popping through there. He's got like a little, like he's like Santa Gollum. Yeah, <laughs> that's good. Anyway, here we go. Our first, uh, first scene here in, in Arkham Asylum. Some nameless guys singing jingle bells. Yeah, There's... you wonder if these are like people that worked on the that kind of looks or... like kevin altieri there the yeah, bald guy <laughs> that might have been charles manson that just handed uh <laughs> i think we may have mentioned that in our original review but it appears charles manson hands joker the uh it's not a star it's like a gold point yeah they could i think they probably standards and practices didn't want them using yeah, uh no specific religious symbolism sure now we never learn how the joker got a rocket-powered christmas tree <laughs> in inside of arkham but uh yeah. He sure did. <laughs> well, we've established this in re- in more recent episodes. We read the Joker might be like the third smartest man in the entire DCAU with That's all true. of the stuff he manages to do. 
rewriting Tim Drake's DNA, the Royal Flush Gang, all of that. Like, he's a real smart guy. And we're back at snowy Wayne Manor here. It's a lot of quips here in this, this episode is, from Robin. In production order, this is our first Robin appearance. Mm-hmm. Which makes sense because we established he's in college, so it's Christmas break, so he's back here to quip it up with, with Bruce over the holidays. There you go. And, of course, Robin alludes to as long as they can go out and come back without any crime, they're going to settle in and watch It's a Wonderful Life, which is some foreshadowing, as we say. Mm-hmm. Christmas on, on or a snowy Christmas is uh is just absolutely poetic for for Gotham City. I will say, knock on wood, this doesn't look for Acom Production Studios uh, standards. This looks pretty good so far. Uh, there's some warble. It's definitely some warbly action. Yeah, I think we get some that Christmas tree. The perspective as it was flying away wasn't wasn't great. I was mostly impressed by the Batmobile driving away there. I thought that was. Batman not using a grappling gun, throwing a batarang on a rope. Oh, Robin's first quip yes. of the episode. Take a, if you take a shot every time Robin <laughs> makes a joke, you'll be dead by the time this <laughs> 22 minutes is up. Yeah, I will say, as much crap as we give Acom, this, so far this hasn't been awful. This guy suddenly grew, like, 12 inches. Yeah, there's definitely some sizing problems or some scaling problems. Batman's still throwing... He's got, like, a little, like, kite controller on there. Another quip from Robin. (laughs) Oh, Oh, see, this I don't... I forgot. They actually do go home and change out of the suits. It's true. Bruce is just determined to find trouble. Uh, Shall we mention hashtag NotMyAlfred is the Uh, voice here? Five Rebel here as Alfred for the first couple episodes, and we'll talk about that a little bit more when the Joker shows up. But, yeah, we didn't have our... Again, this is very early in the production of the show still, so we're not we're not really firing on all cylinders just yet. So as many times as I watch this, you know, typically every year, it's always such <laughs> so jarring to hear to hear mm-hmm. hashtag not my Alfred. Well, to your point, because it's such a classic, and so it's one of the ones you go back to. Even us who watch these cartoons every week, we go back to these for comfort every year and is that something that obviously we don't have the option now because you know from Zemlis jr unfortunately has passed away yes. but if you had the option to go back and maybe re-record some of these nothing not taking away from that original mm-hmm. performance but i feel like that's something nowadays that they would have gone back and sort of mm-hmm. retconned um, another wild joker vehicle here <laughs> here the yeah. santa tank the santa t- <laughs> the santa tank. the old standby there was some perspective and sizing issues there. Yeah, uh, is it the size of a car? Is it like running yeah. over cars? Like, yeah. <laughs> this so, this intro here is just absolutely classic. It makes yes. no sense no, 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 how he was able to put all this stuff together. The the graphics team was working up late. At I night. love that he's his own announcer. By the way, he doesn't have a, an Andy Richter <laughs> to do his introduction. <laughs> So he's looking a little frumpy. <laughs> yeah, he's, we talked. I think we've talked about that. But they were trying to make them look back. The clothes look baggy. Oh, with our lovely cardboard cutouts of our 
and everybody just kind of looks a little overweight. Yeah. Or like their clothes don't fit. So speaking of the Joker and alternate voices, originally, uh, Rocky Horror Picture Show's own Tim Curry was going to be the voice of the Joker. That's right. And uh, Gene McCurdy tells the story that like a certain producer at Warner Brothers was not a fan of Mr. Curry, <laughs> and I guess made the decision for Andrea Romano, the, uh, the legendary casting and voice director, and what you, you do wonder if... If in some other alternate universe, if uh, what what the show would have been if you didn't have, inarguably, I think at this point, the most iconic voice actor that's ever played the Joker in Mark Hamill. It would have been, I mean, forever would have changed a lot of things, you know. It, would Batman, the animated series, have been as legendary if those those kids that had grown up loving Mark Hamill as mm -hmm. as Luke Skywalker, realizing that, holy cow, the guy that played Luke Skywalker <laughs> is the guy that's doing this voice. Yeah. Um, you know, and just the, the impressive nature in which he's able to give that performance. <laughs> we get some Bob Hastings yelling, yelling there. At, it's pretty I think good. you diseased maniac. I think Superman says that to Lex Luthor in the Christopher, one of the Christopher Reeve movies. Oh, that's good. I don't know if that's, a direct reference or just coincidence, but <laughs> you can tell the voice, uh, as you mentioned that Mark Hamill had to go in and redub over this and you can tell the voice doesn't quite match up yes. with, uh, with the lips like it would later on. Yes. And I, I imagine like... going back and doing that would have been a, a, a Herculean task for sure. Cause ideally the animation is done to the voice actor's performance but here it was it was done in reverse, so he had to sort of match the animation and at least sort of match Tim Curry's original vocal tracks. So right. a tall task to be sure. <laughs> I love this. So the uh, DC collectibles at the time did release a uh, Christmas with the Joker variant figure a couple of years ago, and part of their Batman the Animated Series line and. He comes with uh, this his his Santa's little helper elf here hand <laughs> puppet uh, as an interchangeable hand. One of the great things about those those Incredible. lines. <laughs> I just love that he's just like he's just a total one man show here. Like this is obviously pre Harley being introduced. He has some kind of nameless thugs here that are gonna oh, Donner and Blitzen Donner and Blitzen, but he doesn't have uh, you know any clown themed thugs yet so yep. it's just all the haha -ha has to be done by him alone we get our second appearance of the classic jingle bells batman smells song That's right. right and then this is probably coming up here is probably the best sequence of the entire episode mm -hmm. i think i mean we do have the 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 uh upcoming uh sequence that also takes place at the observatory i think or whatever it mm -hmm. is um but this this here, your classic superhero trope of a uh, of a bridge being out, having to rescue a train from being from crashing. <laughs> this might be my favorite bit of the episode. Joker not just taunting Summer Gleason over her mother being about being on this train that's about to drive over a bridge with no bridge, 
but doing it with the hand puppet. It's such a Joker thing. Love it. And I know Paul Dini always talked about the the dichotomy of the clown and the killer, where, yes, he's this psychopathic monster. Great music here, by the I way. I was going to say, um, let's like, talk... Yeah, Michael let's... McQuiston and Lolita Ramones did the music for this episode. I... This... One of the hallmarks and staples, I think, of Batman the Animated Series was being able to bring up that tension. And we talk about mm-hmm. it a lot on the podcast about how music is its own character a mm-hmm. lot of times. And certainly in this scene and a lot of chase scenes Just or like scenes the, involving The strings vehicles. going as Robin's turning the wheel. There's like, mm-hmm. you know, just, just really a lot of really subtle things here. And, and you're you, keeping with a the holiday theme. Mm-hmm. you got the xylophone or whatever mm-hmm. that is coming in there. And then the horns also. So... Mm-hmm. It seems appropriate for this, and then right. and mixing that in with the Batman theme and, and for sure that the classic BTAS music that we're used to. Batman rescuing our nameless train conductor here. Yeah, this looks again. I think we're just we're thinking of Moon of the Wolf and some of these other bad Acom production episodes, but this per per Acom uh, standards is. Probably uh, so far, really, really solid. I will say that that uh, that that uh, train bounced pretty high when it hit the ground. Sure did. <laughs> <laughs> Blowing up the cardboard cutouts again. Did Joker make those cardboard cutouts? He must have. He sat up late <laughs> the night before, cutting them out by hand, drawing the faces. So to back to the animation here there mm-hmm. is i mean there's a lot of this episode that has been just sort of neck up shots of them driving in the car so there's i know that there's some stuff later on uh that that doesn't look too great either but yeah as far as as far as the ones that we've seen the acom did i could see why they didn't just pull the plug on this after seeing this episode maybe trying to give them yeah. a, another chance yeah and it's definitely something you can nitpick like robin's head is a little <laughs> Like I feel like a little too big, and mm-hmm. Batman doesn't always look one hundred percent on model, but it's not. This is not the worst uh, that this studio would produce. Now, Joker here, uh-huh. his face is super like elongated, stretched out, and mm-hmm. his eyes are all bug eyed. And we talk about that a lot, though. That one of the things that it seems to be so inconsistent throughout the entire series is just the general look of the Joker, mm-hmm. no matter what animation company is doing it. Yeah. It's like, I mean, even from shot to shot, the, the cert- sometimes he has the the really strict, like, diamond-shaped eyes. This one, he's got a lot of these yeah. big black circles around it. Right. It's, Some- it's, it's interesting that, that, I mean, that we're not the only ones to see that or notice that also. I, I heard an interview this uh, this year with some, uh, some designers from... Mondo tees that are doing those uh, beautiful, you know, one sixth size uh, vinyl Batman mm-hmm. animated series figures. They're working on a Joker figure, and one of the things that they said was just trying to find a consistent look for the Joker is very hard. Yeah, especially <laughs> in this original BTAS run. Like, it's. <laughs> yeah, this is part of, I feel Oof. like, where the, where the voice and the, the, anim- then the animation didn't quite match up in, in that scene, especially. Yeah, his... Again, Joker just has a giant like laser cannon. <laughs> how did he manage to set all this stuff up? Like how when he broke out of jail to the point now, it's clearly even if he broke out at the early part of Christmas, like early part of yes. December, it's it's only been a couple of weeks maybe. Well, it's like, and it's like later on in the series. There's a classic shot that was used oh, yes. a lot on uh, Fox, Fox Kids, Kids promos. What? Yeah. 
Uh, yeah, Robin running into the room there, and we have I, the Joker robots that were, of course, used in uh, in our favorite Batman, or my favorite Batman video game of all time, The Adventures of Batman and Robin for Super Nintendo. Oh yeah. I think they were also a, a little thing you could use in the Batman cartoon maker, which was uh, oh, there you go, another another great little product Absolutely. that came out of this uh, this series. But we spent hours just making terrible mm-hmm. Operation Cause and Effect. So this is something uh, that they <laughs> practiced at some point. You think? Yeah, <laughs> I don't. I don't ever remember Batman calling out like specific instructions like that to Robin on any. Opera- I mean, also that's... Operation Cause and Effect appears to be slingshot a bomb. <laughs> So <laughs> he couldn't have just said hurl a bomb at right. it. He has to. There's a code name for it. Robin wouldn't have thought to do that himself. Batman's got a little bit of a tiny head issue here. Yeah, big barrel chest, very tiny head, giant hands. That whole that whole observatory screams Fleischer Superman to me. By the way, like the mm. I think even that first episode of the Fleischer first Fleischer short is him fighting a guy with a giant space laser. Yeah, good good point. I love this part here. Puppet. There's, it's a perspective you don't recognize. Then all of a sudden, the camera flips around, and Joker has drawn a little face on his <laughs> chin, turning his frown upside down. Literally, <laughs> we get Summer Gleason, who uh, became a series regular. Yeah, I, I think it's funny how a lot of these shows, whether it's Angela Chen or Snapper Carr later, like, they all have, every show had, like, its own news reporter who was apparently the only news reporter <laughs> in the city because they were both doing field reporting and they were the anchors of Small of budgets. Show. Yes. So this is the Betty Blooper. I'm guessing this is, this is Betty Boop, I guess, pretty... Yeah, but I'm interested because I feel like... WB owns the rights to that character. I thought so, or I thought that it was like public domain because right. you see a lot of those those old cartoons will be on like the Walmart dollar DVD bin with like yeah a lot of those other like like the Fleischer Superman cartoons like a lot of those maybe they just want were more comfortable doing a doing a uh, parody yeah. of it. Here we go, Lafco Toy Factory. Batman just like Batman must be a collector of some kind because he immediately <laughs> knew who made the Betty Blooper doll and when their factory went out of business. Oh, I love that image. What yeah, the beautiful, la- beautiful drawing there. Yes. Giant clown on the outside. Maybe just the generally, if the Joker breaks out of prison, look for any buildings with giant clown heads on them. Just check them out. <laughs> Send a cop there, maybe. Oh, maybe that's how Gordon and Bullock got grabbed. They went to investigate every building with a clown on it in Gotham. Like cool. the shadow work yeah. there. Yeah. It's kind of cool. Definitely. Now, I can tell you here, this is one scene that I recognize some perspective and sizing issues very early on at a young age here. Yes. We get the Joker playing the classic Nutcracker theme here, which I guess mm-hmm. is probably public domain, too. I, I think. guess so. I think they had to pay the rights for uh-huh. this music. Oh, but before we get to that, we have some giant soldiers so here. Speaking of the Super Nintendo, uh, Batman the Animated Series game, or Adventures Batman and Robin game. Yeah, Another one of uh, the Joker villains. Yep. Yeah, this, this was lifted directly, di- lifted directly from this episode. And you basically beat it the same way. You didn't. Mm-hmm. You had to jump up and kick the head and a couple dozen times avoid the avoid the gun. Apparently, Robin only had the one grenade, so he has to <laughs> kick these guys. How did Robin get so high so quickly? 
He was so on the it's ground. It's not a grappling hook. Yeah, he was that's on the... a battering. So, all right. So here's the perspective issues. We have these airplanes with the Joker heads. By the way, where does he get the money for all these wonderful toys? Well, that's well, that's probably why in Joker's Oof. Millions he's so broke because he spends so much money. <laughs> On giant space lasers that he uses once and then get blown up by Robin. So and... Batman clearly smashed that with a... And Robin fits these in a garbage can. And look at the size of this head that pops out. Yeah, that's... it. Must, that's really compressed in there, if that's... <laughs> that bat also must have been made of rubber, because it we, was bending. We can't not mention they don't call you Batman for nothing. Maybe the worst joke in the history of the show, <sighs> but also one of, one of the more iconic <laughs> ones. <laughs> So it walks that line. <laughs> More faceless. Are these the same guys, Donner and Blitzen, you think? Uh, I guess possibly? they're kind of shaped the same way. Yeah, maybe. I guess if Batman and Robin had time to go to the observatory and get here, they had time to get back from the train accident. Love this trick. Batman th- throws his cape over one of these bears so they <laughs> think that they've bested him. Well, speaking of, like, sizing issues... <laughs> yeah, this bear... Looks real small, and now all of a sudden it's large enough yes. to crush these guys. And they they and thought that was Batman, to, yes. and now Batman has a cape back on that doesn't have no bullets in that. Did he have an extra cape? It's <laughs> a good question. Here we go. Uh, this is all the culmination to everything here. The Joker yes. just—it's all been leading to a vat of acid, a news reporter, and two cops hanging over it. Some strong rope. I do love that this is the the punchline for the Joker, though. Yes. You know, this it's, is before we could really they could really show as much violence on on the cartoon as they eventually started showing, and I feel feel like they're tiptoeing around standards and practices here. So the culmination of this is not a fist fight, but <laughs> a pie to the face, pie to the face, a spring loaded pie to the face. I mean, there is something very pure about that being the Joker's ultimate. Oh, super long years suddenly for Batman. Um, pie cream coming off pretty quick, easily, mm-hmm. too. He must have anti-pie cream. Good music, though. Yep. Great punctuation Great of the catch, scene. Batman. Batman able Caught to... three... I would four... say his arms were wide enough to go around <laughs> three people. So he... The Joker had a second sweater and <laughs> pair of white gloves on over top, just in case Batman. I like to him. think they were rubber. Oh, but unfortunately, the Joker is foiled by a, a rogue zero, roller skate. Zero punches thrown by Batman or Robin in this episode, other than some oh, Merry Christmas Joker. Uh, other than some flying kicks from Robin to the robot uh, Nutcrackers. There you go. Now we have the ending of It's a Wonderful Life. It actually matches up pretty well with yeah, the, bells the bells there. The commissioner lent them a copy of it because <laughs> he this knows is before DVDs and streaming. <laughs> yes, they had to project it. Batman didn't hadn't watched it before, so he didn't own it on video. So yes. Blockbuster was probably closed. <laughs> now we get a ending that doesn't make a whole lot of sense, but gave us the opportunity to have Mark Hamill... Singing, singing, and a Christmas carol. Christmas song. There we go. Well, there it is, and that will wrap that up. We get the uh, classic Batman uh, credits here, of course. Uh, so there we have it. Our uh, our first watch along here. So 
we've again review this episode in total uh, mm-hmm. back on episode two uh, I, I still still love this episode even oh, though yeah. we can pick it apart and plot wise it doesn't <laughs> doesn't make a whole lot of sense there's a lot of holes there's not a lot of action yeah it very much feels like a like a, a dick spraying era Batman uh, story where for sure from the over-the-top weaponry and the rocket-propelled Christmas tree down to Batman not actually punching anyone <laughs> or, or you know, doing much of anything like the Joker slips. That's how, <laughs> that's how it comes to an end. But it is, it's, it's very much a comfort food. We've talked about it before. We had these videotapes that Warner Home Video had released uh, growing up, and each tape was focused on a certain character, and the Joker tape led off with Christmas with the Joker. So this is probably one of our most watched episodes from our childhood. And then on top of that, it's, you know, it's one of the ho- one of the few holiday episodes we have in uh, in in the DCAU. So it's definitely one I always look very fondly on, but uh yeah, when you as we talk about sometimes when you hold it up to the microscope a little bit, it's it's yes, it is dumb, but it's it's dumb fun, and I think that's really all you can ask from a, a Batman Christmas special. Absolutely, uh, critically uh, under the critical eye, it doesn't stand up. And I, but I, I mean, I don't think we, I don't think we crushed this episode from my recollection. Yeah. Uh, again, it was early on in the in the podcast, but um, other than the the animation being a little wonky and in, in places, I, I'm actually pleasantly surprised, at least on this rewatch. And maybe this is something that the remastered edition maybe added a little bit too because mm-hmm. I can tell you that watching the grainy DVD uh, copy of it, it, maybe that remastered edition helps uh, the enjoyment process mm-hmm. a little bit but uh, everything about this is great obviously we get some great Mark Hamill commentary and yes. voice acting and uh, as we already mentioned the music and you know it's, it's, it is just something that you can put on it's 22 minutes, 23 minutes that you can pop oh, yeah. it on and you know, just feel warm and fuzzy. Watch it on a night, you know, with the, the tree lights on and some hot cocoa and uh, just just feel good again, you know? Absolutely, yeah. It's definitely definitely hits all those uh, no, all those nostalgia points uh, for, for us and I'm sure for anyone listening uh, along with us. But thank you, everyone, for listening to our first watch-along episode. Uh, let us know. Tweet us at DCAU Review or leave us a comment on Instagram, same place, at DCAU Review. Let us know what you think. Uh, is this your go-to? Do you prefer Holiday Nights? Do you prefer Bullet for Bullock or or something else or some other uh, cartoon? What are your favorite holiday watches to, that you go back to every year? We'd love to hear from you about that stuff. But uh, thank you, everybody, for listening. Of course, you can stay tuned for our regular episodes which we'll be focusing on Static Shock for the rest of December, and we'll be back soon with another bonus episode, I'm sure, as well. But until next time, I'm Liam. And I'm Cal. And we'll be back soon with another episode of the DCAU Review. Bye-bye. Game of Barrel. Fa la 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 la. Ah!